Do you have trouble saying no? Are you a people pleaser? Do you suffer from guilt and end up biting off way more than you can chew in terms of saying yes to obligations, only to regret it and make yourself miserable later? Today we're talking about how to just say no, not to drugs, with apologies to the late Nancy Reagan, although maybe these tips will work with that too. But no, we're helping you develop reasonable and firm boundaries to keep yourself from taking on too much and to give yourself permission to say no to things that just aren't a good match. If you've ever had trouble with this, you'll want to listen to today's baggage check. Welcome. I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this is Baggage Check, mental health talk and advice with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. It is so good to have you here. I must remind you that Baggage Check is not a show about luggage or travel. Incidentally, it is also not a show about whether stone wash and acid wash are the same finish of jean. All right, let's move on to it. So I wanted to do this topic today because I saw some people retweeting my appearance on the Very Well Mind podcast with Amy Morin. That is a fantastic podcast. And when I had done an episode with her most recently, we had talked about dealing with difficult people. And apparently I had said something to the effect of, no can be a full sentence. And some folks had tweeted that and said that maybe it would be their next tattoo, which who knows, perhaps might be a really good idea or perhaps a really atrocious idea. But I was glad that that interview of mine was resonating with folks, because I do think that so many of us struggle with saying no, it can be really, really hard. We feel like a bad person, we feel selfish, we back ourselves into a corner. And so what I mean by no is a full sentence is just that, that you don't have to talk yourself into circles. Well, I'm not sure I can, but actually, well, maybe I could um, just let me check on something. Actually, yeah, that should be okay. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Hmm. By the time we got to the end, we kind of backed ourselves into a corner and completely reversed the no. So what I want to talk about today is how to help your people-pleasing tendencies, how to help set boundaries that are going to keep you from burning out. And maybe sometimes this overlaps with social anxiety. A lot of people, I see this especially in certain women, they're so afraid of disappointing others or offending others or coming across the wrong way to others that they'll make themselves miserable in the process. And they'd love to have help in saying no, but they actually can't really bring themselves to do it or can't even imagine bringing themselves to do it. Now, let me just say there's a little bit of a double-edged sword here, much like when we talk about self-care, and we don't want the idea of self-care to be a blank check for you being a total jack-and-ape. We want to give you permission to say no when it's right for you, but the world also does need people to step up. I mean, volunteering can be good for you. It's obviously good for the community. I am not saying, hey, ditch the PTA. Hey, never help out at a reception again. Hey, do away with any charitable time that you give. That's not what I'm saying here at all. 
And I think sometimes we do have to push ourselves to contribute, even when it's boring or it feels a little bit annoying or it feels like maybe slightly too much. But what I'm talking about here is the patterns that build when we have such trouble saying no that we take on so much that we either burn out or we flake out or we get resentful. That is not the answer that we want, and that's not good for anybody. The world needs helpers who are energized and doing things because they want to, not just because they got roped in because they couldn't say no. Plus, when you're not assertive about setting boundaries, you start a vicious cycle because now you're going to be repeatedly targeted by people looking to pawn things off on you because they know that you're unlikely to draw the line and you'll get more and more stressed out. So if you are repeatedly roped into things that you would rather say no to, but you just get steamrolled, whether we're talking about service commitments or social obligations or just one too many favors, let's talk about six steps that can help you make some changes. Number one, identify your patterns. So think of the big picture here because we've got to be detectives. Try to think about when you are most vulnerable to this pattern of behavior and when maybe you're not, when you have an easier time of saying no. What feelings are associated with saying yes to something that you'd rather not? Is it the fear of being disliked? Is it the idea that you should do it? Is it the guilt that nobody else will step up? Are there certain contexts like being asked in person or by email or by text or on the spot or certain people that are more likely to make you feel steamrolled into saying yes? Do you tend to say a half yes to get out of the conversation and then that pretty much becomes a full yes later on? Maybe you do have a pattern of flaking by saying yes and then flaking out instead of saying no. And honestly, let me emphasize that's not good for anybody. So the first step really is to think about your patterns because only then can you start to see where you're most vulnerable. And when you start to see when you're most vulnerable, that's when you can enact a strategy to try to change it. There are going to be certain characteristics that make it harder for you to say no. And we've got to zoom in on those and be able to strengthen you up in those contexts. Number two, Think about actually giving yourself permission, even philosophically, to say no. Truly. Do you really believe you have the right to say no? You might say that you want to say no. And that's kind of theoretical because deep down when all is said and done, you don't really think that you should. Or you don't really think that you have the right to say no. Are you truly willing to look at your time as being as valuable as other people's time? Or is it a problem with delegation? You'd rather deep down do things yourself. You want to because you want to have control. So you want to take on extra things secretly because you're kind of uncomfortable if other people do them. And so although you resent having to do them, you kind of don't let other people help. All these things mean that deep down, you're not really on board with the idea of saying no. And so you got to explore that further. Because until you can truly give yourself permission to actually say no and really buy into the fact that you deserve to say no, it's going to be extremely hard to change your behavior. Number three, pause and count to five before you respond to someone in this situation. So we often want to blurt things out to fill an awkward silence or to keep a conversation going or to not leave a person hanging. 
We may be especially prone to this if we're just uncomfortable or socially anxious, or maybe somebody's really sort of making weird eye contact, or maybe they know how to have a facial expression that kind of makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable and we just want to resolve it. So we just want them to smile again. So sure, we'll say yes to this favor. But when we blurt things out without thinking, we don't get to actually weigh our choices. We don't actually get to understand what we're getting into. So stop responding out of pure reflex and make yourself count to five before you respond. First of all, that gradually desensitizes you to the awkwardness. You get to grow your tolerance of awkwardness muscle. These are hugely important muscles. There's not really a machine for that, particularly at the gym, except maybe saying no to an acquaintance who asks you for a favor at the gym. But this will also give you the opportunity to strategize about what you're going to say and to choose the right words so that if you do want to say no, you can do it in such a way that you're not going to accidentally leave the door open. Or if you decide in those five seconds that this is worthy of further exploration, then at least you can go into the conversation that more, hey, I could consider that, but I'm not sure. Can you tell me more about what it would entail? That's much better than sort of doing the autopilot. Uh, yeah, I could, I could probably do that. Uh, what, what does it entail? Number four, be firm and friendly. So this is where the whole dichotomy comes in, where a lot of us believe that assertiveness and kindness cannot be coexistent. We believe that kindness means being a doormat, being steamrolled that assertiveness somehow takes away from kindness, that they're mutually exclusive, that saying no and asserting your boundaries means that you're not being generous. I understand it can be a really deep-seated belief. It's hard. But think about your need to be kind to yourself. And think about the fact that if you say yes to things that you're only going to flake out on, or that you're going to grow resentful of, and it's going to eventually wreck the relationship with the person who asked you, how is that being kind to the other person? There's also the pattern that if you're continually saying yes to stuff and other people aren't going to step up, that means that you're not creating a situation where it's egalitarian, whether it's at a workplace or a group of friends or a social group. You do not want to be the person who's always doing stuff. You're going to grow resentful. Saying no does not have to be a confrontation. You can have a smile on your face kindly as you say it. It can be friendly. It can be pleasant. It can be respectful in the same ways that saying yes can. You can use body language that's warm and inviting and you have nothing to feel sorry for. You might choose to say you're sorry, not in an apologetic way, but just the sort of social nicety. I'm so sorry I won't be able to make it. But the key is that you're saying indeed that you can't make it. Number five, do not elaborate. Here it comes back to our hypothetical tattoo. Hypothetical tattoo. That seems almost like some sort of philosophical construct, like Schrodinger's cat. It also seems like a band, but I'm not supposed to make a band name joke more than once a year, so I'm not going to make a band name joke. Anyway, our hypothetical tattoo, the idea of no being a full sentence, here's what we're talking about here. You don't need to elaborate on a no. 
Often when you attempt a no, it's changed into a yes because you trapped yourself into that corner. You started giving so many reasons for why you're saying no and the other person gets an opening. I'm sorry that I can't go to that. I have a doctor's appointment earlier in the day. And though it might be done by that time, I don't think I could make it there. Although, I mean, I guess it's not that far away. And if it is done, then I should be able to be there. Or, yeah, I guess maybe I could even reschedule the appointment. Again, if it's something that makes sense for your life to do, because it's something that goes along with your values, it's something you want to do, it's something important, it's something that there's a realistic obligation for you to do as part of a community, that's different. Instead, we're talking about something here that doesn't fit, and now you just got backed into a corner. So this is where the lack of elaboration comes in. Oh, shoot. I won't be able to make it that day. That stinks. End of sentence. I guess that's a longer sentence than the one that would be on the tattoo. But again, the key is that we're not elaborating. And then finally, end with clarity. So this is kind of related to the over-elaboration, except you left an opening at the end. Maybe you were able to say no, and then you didn't end with clarity, and the person actually left the conversation thinking that maybe it was open for discussion. You might have thought that you said no, but then at the end, you implied something, maybe out of nervousness or awkwardness, that maybe said you'd get back to them with an answer, or at least that's how they heard it. Or maybe they think you're going to pick up the conversation where you left off, or if they ask again, it's still open for discussion. And guess what's coming? So again, make sure you leave the conversation with clarity on both sides. We all want to soften things. At least most of us want to soften things. I saw a guy in Safeway today that most definitely did not want to soften things. But most of us do, and we have a tendency at times to soften things in the way that now we're not being clear with what we're saying. Remember, we can be kind and clear. We can be kind and firm. We can be kind and have boundaries. So this is all part of a larger conversation of finding out what's important to you. And as we always talk about, thinking about your values thinking about what matters to you, what is worthy of your time, what is worthy of your effort and your attention and your money. All these things are valuable and you have the right to decide how you spend them. Now, again, I'm not saying be a Scrooge, but I am saying don't burn yourself out because as we talked about many times on this show, if you burn yourself out, then you don't have as much to give to the rest of the world that you want to give to. You can't put as much goodness into the world if you are closed off and burnt out because you don't have anything left to give and you're going to get more cynical and more resentful. So I would highly urge you, be mindful of what you say yes to. There's important stuff. There's not so important stuff that we'll still say yes to because we want to make somebody else happy and that's okay. Just look at the overall pattern of how it all fits in and take care of yourself because you have the right to say no. Whether we're in a 1986 public service announcement about drugs or not. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this has been Baggage Check with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Join us on Instagram at Baggage Check Podcast. Give us your take and opinions on topics and guests. 
and you know you've got that friend who listens to like 17 podcasts we'd love it if you told them where to find us our original music is by jordan cooper cover art by daniel Merity, and my studio security it's buster the dog until next time take good care